Welcome back to Barely D&D. It's y'all sort of Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Um, yeah, I don't <laughs> that know. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> it's Barely D&D, y'all. And uh, right, we just had our live show. Bang, 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 bang. It was Woo! sick. It was so good. And Kara um, was there. Kara was there. And Kara um, is here. Kara is here. I'm, I'm yet, sorry. <laughs> I'm everywhere. Uh, Kara is everywhere. The big mic is all places. Um, <laughs> maybe not omnipotent, maybe not omniscient, but omnipresent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, uh, the live show has gone off and it was freaking sick. Um, and we are going to have that edited and posted at some point in the future for Patreon. Yeah. Um, so if you just need one more incentive to become a patron, do it, y'all. Um, but uh, you can just search Barely D&D on Patreon. That's that plug. Um, but uh, to give our sweet Landon and Melanie a little bit of a break from all of the production effort that they had to do to create that show, um, we are going to do a sort of like smaller podcast one-shot. Zach will be uh, editing this one. Jackie's helping me with the production. Um, if you listen to the episode and you think, wow, the editing's fine, but slightly subpar, that's why. Because <laughs> um, Zach did it instead of Melanie. But, and if you think it's the exact same, boom, I'm good at what I do. Um, so uh, instead of having the whole usual group, this is going to be a really fun, like, sort of insulated, smaller version. Girls' night. It's with hey. Zach. It's, it's girls' night. With Zach. And it's Halloween and, uh, while we're recording this. Yes. So, so everyone knows. This is going to be a special, spoopy Halloween one shot. Uh, you'll be getting this a day or two after Halloween. But the spook continues. It lingers. The spook always continues yes. when um, I'm around. Technically, <laughs> after Halloween, it's Christmas. So we're going to be a little late. What? It's like... Uh, oh, like immediately because Halloween's over, it needs to be Christmas themed? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like Nightmare Before Christmas. It's in between, right? Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. That makes more <laughs> sense. Um, and so, on that note, um, <clears throat> we have... I want to make our special guest joke, but altogether, our full cast member, Jackie Butler, obviously. It's a me, Jackie Butler. Jackie I can feel the souls of Greta and Micah like attacking me if I don't say something. And then also have a genuine special guest who has been on before, Karen Knight Skelly. Um, so she is just a very I mean, you know, she's on the other campaign. She helps us out from time to time. Um, and so uh, it might be a very long time before we see her again, but she is very fun here for this uh, Halloween one shot. Um, slowly infiltrating. Slowly yeah, infiltrating. she is. Um, <laughs> we will have other guests eventually, I promise. Now that Kara's not phenomenal. Um, Kara is the other guest. She just plays different characters, so it's fine. It's no, yeah. but all the time, I am always talking about interesting people. We have, we have some very possible future, some very interesting possible future people. But, yes. um, uh, fair disclaimer, um, this, all jokes aside, this is going to be a little spoopy. Um, I'm sure most of our listeners don't care, but uh, if if this is like a thing you show to your like little kiddos, um, this episode might be worth some discretion. Um, there will be small but considerable amount of spoop. So that is the official. Listen disclaimer. to it with the lights off. <laughs> the lights off. Um, and uh, this <laughs> is going to be sort of like a fun uh, historical period piece. We're going to be back in time, and uh, the rest will be revealed as we go. I'm playing Queen Victoria. <laughs> it's a it period also piece. Has sort of rose. <laughs> Um, that was like cockney. That was yeah. not, bro. <laughs> um, also, if there are cat noises throughout, it's because my cat's here, and I'm not going to control her because I love her. Um, <laughs> boogie boogie, Maya. Um, so, uh, without further ado, are you all in- ready for? I was about to say. I'm not. I'm not ready. I'm all- scared. <laughs> <laughs>
Are you all ready for Under an Iron Moon? As ready as I'll ever be. What? I said as ready as I'll ever be. I'm scared. I'm, I'm going to be real with you guys, listeners. Uh, this is a, like, I'm not going to give away too much, but this kind of character that I'm playing is the first type of character I've ever played like this. And I don't know if I did my character sheet right, so bear with me. <laughs> this is Under an Iron Moon, y'all. Lore and setting, because it's one shot. The year, wow. for any note takers, duh. <laughs> me. The year is 3201. TB. Oh, police butter. <laughs> That's replaced peanut butter. Um, Wait, what? At thirty four eighty eight is the year that the our our campaign. This is, this is so, so this is one of two hundred years old. Wow. years old. The terrible dawn of the young Kefkin Empire has risen far enough to consume the northern mountain of the nation of Chesh. The harsh, vast lands stood little chance, and the small towns spilled blood before the Kefkin symbol rose above their gates. Four years on, the conquest has settled into simple routines, and the forces left to occupy the mining communities of Chech's central mountains endure the merciless Chechen winter. A handful of Kefkin soldiers and their lone captain have been tasked with overseeing one of the inc- incorporated townships against the biting cold of an ever-encroaching winter night, while the region... Thank you, Maya. <laughs> While the regional lieutenant personally ferries a message of import southward to Narskana. This position has been dreary, if simple, as any fiery anger against the Empire has burned low in the last four years since their conquest. Though an uneasy tension remains over the town, the desperation of the indifferent Chechen knight blurs nationalities as the town's members fight to stave off the lonely, bitter cold. This small company of soldiers now watch over the rural mountain township of Tacht, which for the notes takers is T-A-C-H-T-T. Touched. Cool. Um, smallest of the three townships making up the region of Chakana. We can go over more details later as we do. Um, charged with warding over the town in the frigid Chechen evening, awaiting further orders or some wind of change. So, it is a level 5 adventure. The date is 3201 PB. CB Call. Oh, man. 18. And CB Call is spelled S-I. Apostrophe B I C K A L L. God, eighteen. Yes, ma'am. It's almost Rose's birthday. Two hundred years in the past. Of course, you know that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so we will begin where we begin. Let me start our music. There we go. <laughs> to our players. I'm scared. <laughs> um, so you are in the Chechen township of Chach in the region of Chakana. Okay. So, you are in a massive, uh, spiny length of stone that is jutted out of the Chechen earth in this long, slender landmass in the far northeast of the Earth in Bloom. And um, this central mountain range makes up most of the habitable land, habitable land of Chech. Chech is rough and painfully harsh, um, difficult in every regard. And the individuals who've made out their survival here, their living, um, have done so over generations of toil and effort and work. There's nothing easy about this life. And Tashta is no exception. It is um, a small, like, just, it, the town is like a rock on a mountain. It is just barely, um, it, it, it could appear barren at far glance. It's marked by simplicity and a trivial daily affair made uh, with 
great victories, or excuse me, minor victories at great effort every day. Um, it's a rural community where um, the most basic of crops are handled in the most simple of gardens in the few months that they can be grown. And the rest of the year, crops are imported from uh, smaller townships, or excuse me, larger townships to the south. And um, also it's just a, uh, a town full of craftsmen and shepherds. Um, so uh, goats are very often farmed here, mountain goats of specific Chechen breeds. And um, there are many smiths and leather workers and carpenters and uh, the sort, but it's many simple, um, many simple trades. Also, a uh, quick excerpt to the real life players. Um, Maya will rub her face on anything. <laughs> and she'll rub her face on your mic stand, on your <clears throat> computer. So at any point if she's doing that, you just gotta move her. Okay. Um, that's my cat, not my roommate. Anyway. <laughs> there um, was a live human out here rubbing their face okay. on our stuff. Maya's already threatening the entire production. <laughs> what you don't know, listener, is that this secretly works very well with Halloween because she's a black cat. True. Back to the dramatic setting. Um, in this this small, um, it's almost a village. I mean, a, a township is a stretch of the of the landscape. In the center of town, um, where there was once a statue to some uh, dark figure in the middle of a square, um, that has been demolished, and in its place, a small barracks has been built. Um, it is uh, even cut square stone, gray, smooth, and um, there is a small, like, sort of retaining wall made around it. Um, not a genuine um, defense against anything, maybe only a couple feet high, but a visual representation of um, some small modicum of strength. And um, there's a series of small buildings that connect um, a soldier's barracks, a training ground, like a courtyard in this sort of foyer area. Um, not a foyer, but <laughs> a courtyard where uh, soldiers train and practice maneuvers. Um, there's a storehouse, so it's like a, a cluster of three small buildings, and one of these are the um, officers' quarters. This is where you all are found. Um, there is a captain over you all. Uh, your Captain Bafat. Um, uh, she is a respected <gasps> woman. <and, laughs> uh, How do you spell her name? Bafat. B A T H A T. Um, uh, she's a respected and skilled officer um, who unfortunately got stuck with this awful jury position. <laughs> um, and recently, a um, the lieutenant over all of you all to the south has requested her permission, or excuse me, her not her permission, uh, her presence. Um, and so she has. There is a sizable accompaniment of soldiers here in the town, um, roughly about forty or fifty. Um, but the Chechen landscape is harsh, and as you guys are in this um, increasingly cold portion of the year, especially in this part of the nation, she left with some force. Um, because uh, she's being, she's ferrying some sort of very important message, and also um, uh, she just wants like a considerable force to weather the landscape. Um, so, the majority of the captain forces of the town have departed, and you all have been left with um, about fifteen soldiers, which is to say exactly fifteen soldiers. <laughs> okay. And um, the three petty officers. So you all are um, three. Uh, Three corporals, which is a captain rank below. We're, we're corporals? You are three, okay. you are three um, corporals, which are also often called lieutenant captain. And it just means that you are below captain, which is itself below lieutenant, yada yada, captain hierarchy. Um, there are three of you all, your two characters and another. And typically where your captain is usually with you in, in, the, uh, in the quarters, um, 
you all are uh, just there alone. And so we are opening on a morning of CB Call 18. It is um, cold, and inside of your quarters, um, the building has a central, like, sort of barracked room where uh, the four of you usually stay. And there are um, two bunk beds and one single bed. And um, uh, two individuals share one bunk bed, your two characters, one on top, one below. And then another, a third petty officer, is in the, uh, the bottom of the other bunk bed. And then there's the unoccupied bunk of your captain, as well as um, a desk in the side of the room. And it's just a cold, barren, stone slate floor, simple walls, low-burning sconces that offer no reprieve from the miserable chill of this landscape. And um, you all are, are waking up on an early morning um, as the pale white, even the light feels cold in Chech at this time of year, as it starts to creep through um, some of the minute cracks in the door. Um, and you all just have this militaristic habit of being immediately awake. So um, as you guys rouse from under heavy fur blankets uh, to the creak of wood with your um, armaments and um, uh, belongings laid out next to your bunks, what do you all do? And as you do so, please introduce your <laughs> Me first? Sure. I'm nervous. Um, I think, uh, first of all, my character would uh, have been <clears throat> up for quite a while. Um, just playing with some pebbles or something, like tossing them in, tossing it in the air. Okay. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm going to be on the bottom bunk. Uh, okay. And my <laughs> character... So if that's um, if if you've been up that that long, you've probably been up since about like four thirty a.m. Okay, so like, perfect. You were up when it was still dark. Dawn is just now breaking, like almost an hour later. And, okay, uh, you've been up for a while. Okay, perfect. Um, and my character is uh, pretty tall. She's about six seven. Um, and she's very very ripped. Uh, she weighs about two hundred and ninety pounds. Uh, but she looks pretty young, um, still, uh, just right out of her teens almost. Um, she is completely covered head to toe in a tawny gray fur. Mm. Um, and she has these cool cat-like amber eyes, um, that kind of like pierce through the night, I'd say, like in, in the darkness. Um, and, uh, she has her... Uh, like breastplate and all of her armor and stuff like next to the bed so she's just kind of like in her like night like gown you, um, type thing. you all would have uh, standard like linen clothing you would have yeah. um, a couple sets of day um, cotton cloth uh, clothes and then like a sort of uh, like slightly nicer linen officers like sort of night and reprieve wear um, <clears throat> as well as boots that you would wear um, you would have an unarmored set that you could wear when you didn't want to um, because you're Sick. in Chech, you'd be special issued. Also, um, a set of uh, wool pants and um, wool uh, uh, shirt, long sleeve Ooh. shirt that you would wear over that, as well as each of you have supplied with a wool cap and then a heavy coat over that if you all need to wear it. And even inside your barracks, maybe the coat aside, but unless you're under your covers, you frequently need all those other layers um, just because it is that cold. Just for reference, um, at this point in year, the average like midday temperature probably floats at around like like 10 degrees would be a warm day oh wow okay wow uh, and that's I, at midday night gets much colder 
Wow. I think I'd have one of the blankets or something like around my shoulders, like kind of bundled in. Um, but my character is a bugbear, and you, we would already know each other's names, right? So yes, right. yes. Okay, cool. uh, for reference, and sorry, this is important. I didn't say. Um, you all have been petty officers together for probably like not quite a year. So okay, it's a very established dynamic here. Okay. 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 Cool. Um, her name is Ask. Ooh. How do you spell that? Uh, A S A K. A S A K. I like it. Um, so Ask, you said that you're just sort of like sitting on the edge of your bed, having like, uh, sort of fiddling around. Just with a moment. A, a lucky stone. Yeah, I'm just just a right. moment. What have you been doing for an hour, preceding everyone else's rising? Um. I think just like recounting uh, what we've been doing like previously, just like because it's always so like packed. Um, everybody's always doing things and you always have something to worry about. I feel like um, that's her kind of way to like get ready for the day is just to wake up before mm -hmm. everybody and just to kind of like relax. Take a, a mental bit. inventory. Mm -hmm. okay. um, <clears throat> an individual who has been awake with you uh, for a half hour. Um, is the individual sitting across on the other bunk. Um, another female petty officer. We're getting a very cool dynamic here. I love it. Cool um, girl boss. Girl boss. <laughs> Gaslight gatekeep girl boss. Um, that's the actual that's, name of this campaign. That is. <laughs> she already has her armor on. Um, and uh, you all, actually, specifically, the Kefkins here have what is very uncommon. So the majority of Kefkins wear Kefkin half plate, um, which looks very much like Roman centurion, um, banded Kefkin iron, simple uh, metal pieces laid over each other, thick, um, but made out of the surprisingly strong and durable, um, but light Kefkin iron, which is that like sort of um, so dark blue, it's almost gray. Um, it, it creates a very fine polished color, gorgeous metal. Um, uh, you all have specific armor sets that are half plate, but have contiguous um, uh, like cloth binding each part. So it's basically like half plate placed over leather um, which doesn't really increase the AC, but it's just a warmth precaution. And then you have coats that you can put over that. Um, so that's what specifically at this outpost, every soldier has two sets of armor, standard and cold, because it gets cold. <laughs> um, and um, the other individual, um, she has been wearing her armor, like when she got up, she arose. Um, she uh, took her warmer night clothes off um, and just stood in like her undergarments for a solid two minutes um, with her feet on the bare floor just to feel the stinging pain of the cold. And like she does every morning, she just breathes deeply for two minutes, squeezing her upturned fists in her paw and her lap, breathing softly, like letting almost a bit of frost gather on her lip as she does, and then rapidly getting on her warmer clothes, like kind of testing mm -hmm. herself. Um, she's braided her silver hair back into a tight, thick braid behind her head. Um, she's already done some preliminary daily exercises. Um, she has gone and checked inventory rations, um, and you all know that in your all's established uh, rank. So all three of you answer to Captain Bethot, but in her absence, you all have a shared command here. Um, this individual has like a bit of seniority over you because she's been here for two years, okay. but it is not an official seniority, just like a perceived one um, by, you know, some soldiers, some individuals. It's up to you all how you interact with that. Um, but. Um, uh, <sighs> Suddenly forgot how to talk. Um, <laughs> uh, corporate uh, Anir, uh, mm. Anir Lashla. 
sort of pacing the room. Um, and she has a small booklet, a small leather booklet in her hand. And she's um, reviewing notes uh, and inventories and sort of muttering back and forth. And as she does so, she is running a small um, silver coin attached to a chain that she wears around her neck, just back and forth through her fingers as she reads through it. Um, she's just pacing back and forth in the room with like a soft, like, with her metal boots already on for the day. I mean, they're not fully metal boots, but you know what I mean. Metal, uh, plated at guarding points. But anyway. Sick. So that is what she is doing. So it's my turn. <laughs> Awakening uh, okay. last, but yeah. certainly not late. Yeah. Um, so... She has the top bunk, and she didn't wake up, or like you said, she woke up last, but not late. Um... Probably when she wakes up, she stays in her bunk. Since she's like top bunk, just kind of stays there for a little bit. Maybe she's like studying maps and stuff like that. Just kind of mentally preparing for the day. Um, kind of like in here. The same simple map. Of yeah, exactly. Area. Like every Super time. <laughs> and just kind of like taking inventory of her own stuff and all. Probably still like under the covers bundled up. Um, but uh, she... I haven't described a character in a while. This feels weird. Um, she has, she's very short, but stout. Um, she is, uh, she's like four foot eight. Um, what? I'm talking about her. Oh, okay. <laughs> what? Um, and she, she, like I said, she's short, but she's very, very muscular. So she's like 155, 160 pounds. So she's like jacked, even she's though she's short. There's three, like, oh, and sorry. Go ahead. One thing I didn't describe. I do not mean to interrupt you. No, you're fine. So, um, the visual on, uh, oh, yeah. Osk. What, um, what they look like. So, Osk is as Kara described her. She's covered in a furry pelt head to toe. Um, that come like the fur almost comes out into like faux sideburns at points just because that's how much fur mm -hmm. is on her. And she really, it, she really has like a sort of like feline bear appearance, almost sort of. Um, with squared that. jaw and long pointed ears that come off at like sort of flat angles off the side of her head. And um, she has the larger hair that plumes outward. Um, her limbs are all long. So um, bugbears have abnormally long limbs for a humanoid. My audio sounded like it was fading this because I was creaning over to pet like that. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, and uh, uh, so <clears throat> she is jacked in a really weird way. Um, she's like the buffest basketball player you've ever seen because her legs and her arms are long, but there's a lot of muscle on them. So it's got this very intimidating, like, it's not sort of like a, a compacted bodybuilder look. It's like these long limbs, but they're covered in muscle. So it mm. looks like she could just really reach out and grab yeah. something. Um, you can describe the musculature of your character, but okay. it's a dwarf, I'm assuming, very stocky yeah. and built. Um, Lashla is far and away physically the least imposing of the three of you. Um, she's she looks kind of like a like a mid distance track runner. Okay. Um, she has very like lean, lithe muscles. She's muscular. Okay. If she took her shirt off, there'd be a six pack and everything. Um, but it's just like a very lean, um, almost sort of like an acrobat's musculature. Okay. But anyway, for whatever that's worth, sorry. Please continue. No, you're good. Um, so my character, she's a mountain dwarf. I'm just gonna say it. Um, <laughs> So she's kind of used to not necessarily the climate, but the you terrain. The yeah. yeah. Um, she has like pretty like mid-length black hair, like black as night hair, and it's uh, she has really pale skin, 
and she has a lot of hair. Her hair is really thick, but she pulls it back in like half, half up, half down, and has like bangs. Um, and she has really dark brown eyes. Um, and this is just a little bit of flavor. I don't know if this is allowed in the Kepkin military, but I had it pictured in my head that she like, she has like the this like little tiny pouch of like old berries, like red berries or something that she always uses as like eyeshadow. Like it's almost like war paint. Okay, so here's what I'm gonna say. Would that be allowed? Also, quick note, um, <laughs> the Kevkin military is a very defined and structured thing <laughs> in the world, but I also love when players have agency. <laughs> so there's gonna be two quick notes today. One, okay. um, whenever you guys are like, hey, I want this idea, just throw it at me. Yeah. And like, maybe I'll be like, no, that's ridiculous. And like, sure, yeah, why not? Perfect. And then two, um, you guys are very much at, like, the outpost of the Empire. Yeah. So there's probably some things you can get away with here that you Sick. typically couldn't. Um, so on that note, um, yes, Jackie, your character can absolutely Heck have, like, yeah. a paint appearance. Especially because it's, it serves as, like, intimidating purpose. Yeah. And also it's freaking dope. Yeah. Um, and you guys would know that kind of the way the Kefka military works, the higher you climb in the ranks, the more you can, like, kind of display, like, agency and individuality. And then the Kefka Empire... There is not an adherence to uniformity, but the Kefkin okay. Empire has a long tradition of adopting unique cultural strategies, differences, like encouraging the individual skills of soldiers, because they are aware that it is the diversity of their empire, the diversity of their military strategies, and the very, like, there are many unifying creeds and techniques used among them, but many, but many, uh, great diversities in between companies and in between individual leaders. And that's part of what makes their empire so strong. So um, they would they would encourage that. Sick. So on one hand, like it's very intimidating looking, but also with like her black hair and like this red kind of like war paint, she kind of looks like this weird like medieval goth kind of thing going yeah, on. Yeah, that's... Um, <laughs> um, and she's like, she's pretty young as well. She's like, um, like if you were, if you were comparing it to like human years, she would be like in her early twenties. Gotcha. Um, so she's like, she's like 55, 60 so years old. So all three of you kind of like yeah, rising off young yeah. and succeeding well for your age. Um, also as a tiny quick note, um, any Kevkin soldier with long hair would be required to like sort of braid and cap everything. Like gotcha. loose hair would be Okay. Uh, but that's super minor. Um, so Jackie, what does your character do? Is she like Oh yeah, so she's like I said, she's just uh, probably still up on her on her bunk. Maybe her feet are like hanging off now, um, since she knows that the other two are up, and um, she's like I said, just like checking all of her stuff. Oh, and her name is um, her name is Marnie Beats. Dude. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so she's just she's just getting ready for the day as well. Uh, maybe she jumps down and starts putting on her armor as well. Um. The long-worn and familiar process of putting on half plate, which takes time. Uh, you guys have to sit there and apply your initial la leather layers, and then you have to strap um, each military part, each metal, kept metal uh, iron part in with its buckle, lay it over its designated sections, recheck them, and there's a level of professionalism that all a uh, tight focus control that all three of you all have learned to practice to command, to demand the respect and command the respect of the soldiers beneath you. Um, and that whatever your leadership styles may be, there is a militaristic professionalism and um, quality of exceptionalism that the Empire demands of its uh, officers, no matter and its soldiers, no matter their occupation or style. Um, 
So as you all ready for the day, um, Anir is sort of like, not outright ignoring you all, um, but just very focused on what she's doing, pacing back and forth, readying herself. And you all aware that you have probably like 15 minutes before it's time for you all to go and rouse what remains of your small accompaniment of troops. And there's a tacit understanding among all three of you that um, though you have secure positions and the thought thinks highly of all of you, um, each one of you is implicitly tacitly aware that in her absence, even with such a small company, such a droll, simple position, um, this is an opportunity to distinguish, one, distinguish oneself in terms of leadership and position. Um, I'm going to start putting on my uh, armor, like slowly. Like I'll just sit on the side of my bed, kind of like putting on what I can by sitting. Um, and I'm just going to look up towards Amir uh, and say, um, Amir, I, I don't think we need to worry about getting our steps in today. And just like a little <laughs> chuckle. <laughs> gotcha. Um, tiny note, not super important. It's unnear. A N N. Not a super big deal. I just thought you would care. A N what? Yeah. A N N I R. Unnear. Um A sort of like deep silvery, like it's so deep silver gray, it's almost kind of blue, which caught, which matches the armor immaculately. Um, skin tone, like sort of reflects the the bit of warm red uh, orange light that is dancing across the space and she just sort of momentarily flits um two pale silver eyes keen and discerning towards you um ask and just goes uh mm. goes back to the <laughs> and i'll just have like a, a smile like a, a slight smirk on my face like a joking like not like passive aggressive yeah. just yeah. like yeah it's a well-worn dynamic yeah she's not known as the most um jovial personality no of course which I, I think is why i push it sometimes like that's my relationship so she's just um pacing back and forth she absorbs the comment and continues what she's doing i'll keep putting on my armor okay there's a mayo as you're like putting on each piece um sometimes metal clacks against metal also the sound of the town is slowly um awaking around you somewhere off in the distance you can start to hear like a ding 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 of like a, a blacksmith starting to apply uh, metal to a hammer and you start to hear like a like a very faint and distant like of like cartwheels struggling to make it through early morning snow mm. um and uh there's also a cacophonous constant occasional droll of uh <laughs> from the uh, town's Many very obnoxious herds of goats. I thought you were like an old woman screaming oh. in the street for a <laughs> second. Too. And then I was like, oh, that's an animal. <laughs> uh, yeah, Marnie's just putting on her on her armor too. Like not sitting on Osk's bed, but like trying to like do it and like kind of almost falling each time she like pulls things up <laughs> each time you like, sort of stumble there's just a subconscious twitch of annoyance and uh, a near's face but she just sort of like bats it off and keeps yeah. reading whatever she's reading um after a little bit she um closes the small little leather booklet walks over to her bed slides it under her pillow um she picks up uh her two short swords that she keeps and um puts the leather belt um, around her torso and clips them into place. She slides her shield onto her back, putting her arms through the leather straps. And um, she uh, just puts the two leather-capped 
um, Kefkin hand axes that she keeps with her, also in the belt. She's like always carrying two hand axes, two swords, and a shield. <laughs> and um, uh, she just sort of stretches tall, cracks her head to the other side. Um, you guys have been eating out of like some bowls of porridge um, that are left for you all each day, each morning before you awake by someone in the village who is under orders to provide you all and all your soldiers with food. Is the porridge frozen by the um, time we get to it? It is made <laughs> extremely hot for you all, so that by the time you get oh, it, okay. it is not fully solid. Okay. So it is pretty miserable. Lovely. <laughs> and you, you can probably guarantee that there's always a little bit of spit in it, but because um, the people here do not feel lonely toward you. But, I feel um, that. <laughs> Ashla is unabated, and she's just scraping out the final bits. She places it down on the side stand, and she um, uh, cracks her fingers and says, um, well, no point in waiting for a day. Are you all ready? I love her voice. <laughs> She's just looking toward you all, impatiently waiting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, let me, let me I, just I, get Captain. my stuff. No, I don't say that. Um, <laughs> okay. I just I just quietly nod. <laughs> what does Geary not look like for us? Um, well, uh, she is going to um, kind of, she has like two little pouches on the side of her hips ish um where she has her little hand axes like hanging um and then uh she's going to quick like she'll pick up her um great axe and kind of twirl it to like check it out um and then she's <sighs> to the air as it spins around yeah and then um i'm just gonna put it uh in, over your back in, yeah there's a uh, leather um there's three thick heavy like leather cords that come out of the back of your um armor and the hilt of the axe just slides down through them. And then um, the last thing I'll pick up is this very like long um, war pick. And as I pick it up, I'm just gonna take like a like part of my my blanket, and I'm just gonna like clean it as I like go to put it in my bag. And you uh, slide it into a like sort of it's like a whole sheath for it. Yeah. Take one of your sides and in. Yeah. Um, weapons covered in like elegant, sleek, simple geometries that we will definitely describe more later. <laughs> and uh, then oh. I'll put, I'll, I'll strap on my shield okay. in the same way. You're so big, you could put it on your back, or you could literally just sling it over your shoulder. I love that. You're massive. No, I'll put it on my back. I feel cooler, okay. like Captain Later. America. <laughs> you lay yes. over the axe and put your arms through, and it just just <laughs> into place. I need to describe what I have of yes. armor, right? <laughs> Or not armor, but, but it's fine. Well, I want You're to. Fighters. Okay, so yeah, she, uh, Marnie has a shield. She puts it on her back. Is my shield like a little smaller because yes. I'm smaller? Yeah. Okay, that's how that works, right? Has, um, they always have three <laughs> standard sizes okay. for um, most of the equipment that they produce. Uh, for the major diversity of their soldiers. Cool. So, um, she, I don't know what order to put this on in because I don't know. Shoot your shot, dude. Your okay, shot. so I'm going to put this, she puts the shield on her back and she she also has a great axe. Ooh. Ooh. It's also, it's slightly smaller, but still yeah, really great. Yeah, slightly smaller. <laughs> and it kind of, it goes into the, the holster, like in between like her back and the shield. Oh, sick. And she slides so she puts it the, in there. She puts the shield on first and yeah. slides it in. It's and like it feels more secure. Yeah. It's very satisfying. <laughs> yeah. And um, she has a battle axe okay. that she puts on like a like a holster on her side. Okay. Is my so guess? You, yeah, you yeah. Put that in place on the side. And then lastly, she has like um, like comparatively to her size, 
Uh, she has a longbow that she puts over her right shoulder. Yeah. Yes. Um, Kefkin longbows are fascinating. I'll describe each of the other weapons later. But um, the Kefkin military favors largely crossbows. Um, mm. uh, or at least they will in the future. Mm. But not yet. Um, at this time in their military history, it's still largely longbows. And the way a Kefkin longbow appears, um, it's a long, recurved um, uh, wooden oak shaft that has thin strips of iron uh, mm. that are so thin that they're slightly pliable laid over it. Um, that just give it even more tension. And then it's a very tightly woven um, uh, cord made out of some sort of a fiber substance that you're not quite certain of, but it's immensely tight and strong. They require a ton of strength to pull back, but they have a ton of... Yes. And you have like a, uh, a quiver of arrows that mm -hmm. hooks on your belt and you just uh, uh, put that over you. Yes. There's a tension. Like it, it's if you weren't wearing armor, the sheer tension of the strength yeah. would hurt to put over you. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she's yeah. ready. She's, she's ready, ready to go. And your nods to you, and she heads out the door, and she <laughs> opens, and um, there's a flood of pale white light as you all walk into the common area of this um, officer's barracks. This open, sort of like um, smooth stone room with a series of larger sconces at its side, and like um, an elevated spot in the center where someone, like an officer, could give it a dress or a meeting. And there are two um, very simple square windows. Uh, with barred um, supports in the front through which pale light is streaming. She takes an immediate right just across the stone floor and she opens the second door and then the sounds of the town flood in. Um, and uh, uh, it's it's not a very lively <laughs> sound. Um, uh, it is um, like occasional carts and wheelbarrows just like trudging through snow there is about a foot of snow Dang. it's miserable um and um the uh the front of the walkway leading from the officer's barracks to the soldier's barracks has already been cleared because it is one of the soldier's responsibilities to do that every single morning really sucks to be that person however they determine that it must be somebody drawing a, a short stick or Oof. Um, but it's already cleared and beneath it um the uh, snow is like frozen hard to the cobblestone of the city um, or the small township. And uh, Anir is just purposefully taking her path to the right, hooking toward the larger barracks of the uh, other soldiers. And um, all around you is the town sprawled out. Um, a couple hundred small buildings, um, heavy thatched roofs, um, layered and relayered layered insulate heat, um, simple wooden uh, uh, fronts with um, long worn windows. Every building here is old. Nothing has been made recently. And there's warm uh, amber light fighting feebly against the cold of the atmosphere around to make light bleed out of the windows and um, just smattering a main thoroughfare that breaks off into smaller subsections of the township. Um, uh, everyone here is many humanoid races in Chech. Uh, many dwarves, many humans, many halflings, some gnomes. There's a very occasionally there's an elf and there's not a ton of other racial diversity but every once in a while there'll be a member of a different race. And um, everyone's wearing um, like layers of goatskin upon goatskin upon goatskin, <laughs> like all these heavy, fluffy um, coats, heavy hats, and they're just trudging through the snow. As you all make your way out into the township, without fail, about 20 different people just sort of briefly mean mug you with disdain. Mm. Um, and you, ask get um, a little extra disdain um, as both a Kevkin officer and also a bugbear. Um, there's just uh, a real um, prejudicial, uh, vehement uh, resentment of you. 
and um, one one town's member very subtly, like they spit at the ground as if they were just doing it, but they aim it slightly in your direction, um, and they continue on their path, and you guys just through the fresh snowfall toward the soldiers' barracks, um, and out there. Um, the soldiers are already game, uh, gathering in their square in their armor sets, um, preparing for uh, the orders for the day. And um, you all would be implicitly aware um, that uh, you won't go there to wake them up. It is a morning call, but they are expected to be up before you get there. Mm. Um, this is not necessarily the case for all Captain Townships, but Bathot is a fan of it. And in Bathot's absence, this has happened once before, Anir only cracks down the tension of leadership. So, um, a couple soldiers are sort of like rushing out in the snow, yeah. putting on last pieces of equipment, causing <laughs> moments of frigid cold pain, but just enduring it for the sake of being there and present. Yikes. And um, they're gathering, and because there's only 15, they're breaking into much smaller groups, and it's just three sets of five, <laughs> instead of their usual accompaniments of like 10 or 15 in total number. Um, and they're all lining up rank and file with their different short swords and axes and shields. Um, there's a small array of, uh, of races among them, and um, they're just gathering and preparing for your orders for the day. Which, if you all have special orders, this is your time to give, but you all would be aware that the majority of it would be either um, cleaning, uh, uh, cleaning buildings uh, or facilities, or sort of like going and inspecting sections of the town, or doing patrols around the perimeter of the town. And an important note is that um, the town has a very, like a short wall um, of uh, wood, a wooden like a wooden piked wall all the way around of tree trunks carved harsh and sharp um, that come out to jagged points about 10 feet high. And there's um, a, a parapet walkway that runs the length of it. And that there's always uh, a couple soldiers doing patrol walking that length around the length of the um, wall's border, the town's border, or walking outside the length of the Did the Kepkins put that wall there? Like, did we put this the wall was there, there or was there? you all arrived. Okay. But you all have, uh, you all built the walkway on it and have, it's funny because it was made to keep you out. And that uh, didn't work. <laughs> uh, having very easily, easily conquered these towns years ago, an event for which none of you all were specifically there. Yeah. You all have been brought in after its conquest. Um, you all have improved it and now use it to defend okay. the time that you guard, quote Okay. So, um, uh, also, quick note. Um, I'm not going to sit here and make up 15 NPC soldiers. How dare you not do, do that? that. <laughs> well, I could do that, but I came up with a more fun thing. Okay. You all are going to name the soldiers that you want to talk to, and whatever name you apply, I will roll with. Oh, uh, no. If you don't want to, I will auto-feed you a suggestion and a race every time, and I'll okay. keep track of them. But if you're like, oh, hey, I want one of these guys to be named Dilbert. Dilbert it is. I'm okay. Um, so the the... 15 soldiers are there in groups of five and lying, and Lasha walks into the uh, a group of among them, and um, she puts her two hands behind her back and waits for the two of you to catch up momentarily. What is what is her race? Oh, excuse me. <laughs> it's just uh, so I'm I, I inferred it heavily from her appearance, but I didn't specify. Yeah. She is a drow. Okay. Yes, sorry. Mm. Sick. Uh, dark elf. I did not specify. Silver eyes, dark yeah. gray blues. I was kind of thinking hair. that, but I just thought we should say it. I never specified. It. Yeah. It Definitely a drow. So she is there. Sick. Uh, and um, when she steps up, all 15 soldiers look first to her. Um, <laughs> uh, but she pauses a moment and just waits for one of you two to say something. 
Okay, what are we supposed to say <laughs> to these soldiers? Uh, can I do a history check to see what I say? Um, no, I can just give you a basic. Uh, okay. <laughs> you all would be aware that like there's dispatch orders to go check one part, like to go um, walk one length of the town in a direction, or you could give certain soldiers um, the job of patrolling um, the border of the township, um, or any particular orders that you all come up with in the moment. This is part of the challenge of today's episode. This, you are yeah, going this to is... repeatedly be in a position of command. I don't know how to be a soldier. <laughs> um, I'm going to wait. So, what were our options? We could go to a building. We could do special orders. Do we so have any special? You all are, orders? You all are very commonly aware that you would send your soldiers out to do patrols. That's the majority of what you all do. Are either a training exercises, like uh, physical. Um, Conditioning or battle training, which you all do pretty regularly, um, like at least every other day. B, patrols, which are happening constantly. Mm -hmm. um, C, maintenance of like of your own barracks and grounds. Or D, any specific special order that you would choose. Can I send someone to go find better food for me? <laughs> you can do whatever you want. <laughs> like in what, are, what are you two doing? Uh, yeah, you can go first. Me? Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so I go up to a, a group of how many soldiers do we usually send like on one thing, or um, does it matter? If you were to run like, if you were like, hey, go fetch blank, you'd send a soldier. Yeah. If you were like, hey, go do a patrol, you'd send two to five, depending on what you felt the importance was. Okay. If you're doing to do an exercise, you would choose the number you felt appropriate for that training. Okay, I go up to a group of, of five, and I look at three of them, and. Do I need to name the three or? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I'm stressed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um. Okay, I was gonna try to do an accent. Let's see how it works. Shoot your shot, Jack. Um. You're 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 a military leader. You three over there. Okay. Um. A human with dark I'm skin, thinking, and curly, yeah. like shaved head, uh, uh, looks up and he snaps to attention. Tall, thin. Um, we'll call him Carl. Carl! In honor of Micah. And, um, <laughs> directly to his right, um, there is a stout, short, dwarven woman. Um, mean and grungy. She's completely shaved her head. Um, okay. and Love uh, it. she's just got an axe to her side. She's, like, obnoxiously tenacious. And then, uh, to the left of them, there is, um, maybe the only, like, truly, like, racially diverse member of your company, Dragonborn. Ooh. Uh, Silver Dragonborn. Um, he's a little older. Um, he's definitely been forged here. Poor thing. Uh, and uh, <laughs> he hates the cold, but he is also there. And the three of them snap to attention and look to you. Um, it is, it's too cold to remember names, as I've told you all. So you three will be patrolling the, the, northeast, the northeast corner of the town today. Um, they nod respectfully, and there's like a little bit of vigor in Carl's demeanor. He just says, um, Poor Carl. Um, <laughs> of course, ma'am. Uh, it's Carl. That's helpful. Um, yes, uh, uh, we'll, 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 we'll go immediately. And he like starts to stammer, and then the dwarf next to him just rolls her eyes and just elbows him really hard and goes, um, Of course, Captain. Immediately. And she salutes. And you are aware that you are not Captain, but in Bethot's absence, you are all three of you are functional Captain. That's how you are. Okay. And so um, she does a Captain salute, which is not raising your hand up by your head, but placing a fist over 
um, the two concentric circles that are on the left that. breastplate of every single one of your armors. Yeah. Uh, and the three of you all have two concentric circles with a dot in the middle. Because Sick. You Sick. So they, uh, all three of yeah, them, they fist over there. Fist over the circle. And they just, uh, the three of them immediately okay. off in the snow and begin trudging on their way miserably to go do their control. Okay, so I look at I look at one of the other ones that are with the, two, the two yeah the two remaining ones, and um I look at one of them and uh their name maybe I do remember their name and their name is Ron Swanson. Okay, Ron Swanson, <laughs> a small dwarven man, um, a career captain soldier, um, who Makes has sense. never really risen out of his rank because he feels um a degree of disdain for the organized structure of the empire. <laughs> Um, he has uh, dark, heavy hair that's always like combed back sleekly, uh, a thick mustache, yeah. um, a like sort of wide, broad face with okay. brutish features, and he just says, um, Alright, Captain. Swanson, um, I keep going into Rose accent, I know it's gonna happen. Shot, uh, Swanson, um, go to, go to several of the, <laughs> it's going shot. into shoot Irish. Go <laughs> Go into several of the of the taverns and see if you can find uh, me and and uh, and the other two captains better food. Aye. <laughs> and he just like trudges <laughs> by you through the snow through the snow. Um. There is a, a fifth. Yeah, there's one standing um, there. It's a really tall, lanky human guy. A um, big arched nose. Um, uh, Zekt. He is natively Kefkin. Um, he has completely shaved his head and he has a heavy, like, uh, leather hat on with a lot of fur. And, um, he's, the misery, the winter is awful for him because he's lanky and skinny. So he's just sitting there shivering at all times. <laughs> I mean, he, he's been shivering for two months and he just okay. says, um, hi, Captain. You, yes. Uh, go with the other five over there and, uh, wait for your orders. Hi. And he just does his salute and then walks four feet to the left and lines up and there's a group of six. And I, uh, yeah, you go, um, you go ahead. <laughs> I'm just going to point to a bunch of them, uh, five of them, <laughs> and I'm going to be like, Ed, Ed, Eddie, Edward, <laughs> Edwin. Last person to have blood drawn wins. You get <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, so you are giving I, him a combat exercise? Yeah. <laughs> Do you give any more description than last person to have blood drawn wins? Yeah, no. Okay. Um, what may be one of the more inordinate and unexpected wonders of the Empire? A set of triplets. Ed, Ed, <laughs> and Eddie. Um, uh, all three I love our army! <laughs> all three human brothers. Um, dark curly hair, um, tall, um, some must go true to them. Uh, they, um, they just nod sort of stuttled by the sudden severity of your order, but you know, trusting. And then well, incredible okay. coincidence. No ma'am, no ma'am. That was your order. No, 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 um, no. But I feel and- like I've done this like multiple times because my imagine, er, and <laughs> what am I trying to say? <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, what I envision is like the three are twins, but then Edwin and Edward don't look anything like them. Oh, no, allow me to elaborate. Yes, I feel okay. you. 
Okay. In the incredible coincidence okay. of Edwin and Edward, who are completely unrelated to Ed, yeah. Ed, and Eddie. But are um, they twins? Uh, no. Oh, okay. It's pure coincidence. Okay, okay. Um, I just call them, them all that. Edwin okay. is a uh, human woman who hates that her parents decided to be trendy and gave her, like, like what they thought was a gender-neutral name, and she's just been bullied since she was, like, a middle schooler for it. Poor Edwin. Um, no, no, no. Uh, this isn't her name, though. I don't think. Oh. I was just giving them two she names. She just that calls them that. Said, Kara said, act on your feet, and when you move, I'm going <laughs> to shove you over. Get tabletop. Yes. Sorry. So Edwin, whose name is not Edwin, and is yes. definitely something else, and I've always known that. Um, I'm completely scrapping that description and going with a new one. Um, Sarai, who's being incorrectly called Edwin, <laughs> with her tight top knot, um, her uh, Asiatic human features just nods, annoyed that this lieutenant captain can't remember her name um and uh the last one was it edward, edward. yeah sure um, <laughs> I, I did this to myself um a sort of middle-aged human man who is um chechen uh broad wide features who has been forced into this position through some way that no one knows um heavy uh, uh mutton chops but a shaved middle of his face as is commanded um just sort of glares as he always does and they all nod, um, walk back inside, put their metal weapons up, and all of them pick up uh, the wooden training weapon. Um, all of them a short sword and all of them a wooden shield. And they get in a large arrangement. And um, they just begin encircling each other. And the other six, who have not been given an order, step back and create space in the courtyard. It's miserable because now, first thing in the morning, they haven't eaten yet. They're in the snow, and they're all going to have to combat train with wooden weapons. Um, Marnie goes up to... Is it Ask? Is that how you say it? Yeah. She goes up to Ask and goes, um... She goes, I put six copper on the, the on the Edwin one. What do you think? Awesome. Uh, I think I'll go with uh, Edward. That's generally my favorite. So you two back up, and um, <laughs> the other six just placate and move back toward the edge of the building. I like to uh, get their blood pumping before breakfast. I'll probably call it off soon, but um, this is Anir fun. has like a sort of, she steps back and she <laughs> has like a cold smile on her face, uh, entertained that things are getting so intense early in the morning. Hmm. Each of the five just look like they have different stages of regret on their face and they start um, pulling out wooden swords. And I'll tell you what, let's just make this interesting. Um, you liked Edwin, right? Yeah. And you liked Edward? Yeah. Um, Apparently I'll, the triplets suck. Another, another <laughs> d20, um, and I want all three of us to roll, and we're just gonna straight roll, and whoever has the highest, that's who starts winning. Okay, <laughs> fine. Twelve. Okay. Five. So I rolled a sixteen. <laughs> uh, so the five set in upon each other. Um, they're accustomed to this. Um, the, it's a free for all, as you all have commanded. But the triplets can't help but bat like sort of like back up to each other. Yeah. And um Edwin, oh good luck, Zach. Edwin and Ed <laughs> Ed, Ed, and Eddie. And um uh, they sort of like instinctually, even though you are making them fight individually, they instinctually start forming small groups and pairs, mm. as every Captain Soldier is trained to do. And so Edwin and Edward pair up next to each other, one of them's name is actually being Sarai, and they sort of <laughs> flank their two circular shields next to each other. Mm. And um, it's not quite Roman phalanx with the sword above, but they keep it at the ready and they push inward on the triplets. Um, uh, Eddie, the tallest of the three triplets, steps back 
and just whips his sword outward really quickly. And um, uh, Edward steps to the side, and Sarai, Edwin, I guess, um, is like, she isn't paying attention, and the wood swings wide and just cracks her across the forehead. And just, huh. right off the bat. Ow. It's awful. Um, and uh, there's a deep gash across her forehead very quickly, and blood spatters down in the snow, and she just, Argh! And she just, like, grits her teeth and squeezes her sword, and then she realizes that she's bleeding. She just growls quietly and steps back, because she's out. Mm. Um, as per Ask's sudden directions. Um, I'll, uh, I'll patter. After each person- This is all like, happening very quickly. No, of course, but, like, I'll walk around and patter on the back and say, go get breakfast. <laughs> okay. So you walk up, you patter on the back, yeah. you tell her to go get breakfast. As the rest of the her, people are doing. Since my money was on her, I toss her one copper. Okay. At her there feet. is a very thinly veiled <laughs> just hatred as she just sort of like sees and says, I captain. And uh, you throw the copper and she just like picks it up because she has to, not because it's valuable, puts <laughs> it into a pouch and goes walking toward a mess. Um, or the local tavern where you all have your breakfast because the Chechens are forced to feed you all. Um, Immediately, Edward is facing three of the twins, <laughs> and um, it's just like there's a simultaneous jab inward from a side, um, and then the other, the, the two Eds just sort of like pincer in and just stab at the sides with wooden swords, and sort of like because they like pinch mm. into his sides and gaps in his armor, but they don't draw blood. So it's the second crack from Eddie over the top of his head that like splits some of the skin on his forehead, just a, a parallel second strike, and blood splatters down his face, and he just sort of. <laughs> he sort of regains his composure and just turns toward you and just like purses his lips so tight that there is no outward aggression on his face but just nods doesn't even say a word like kind of asking tacit permission his blood um runs down his nose and then freezes right there because it's so cold yeah uh, i'll i'll also walk over or like give the sign to like go get breakfast okay yeah, nods. I'll do that to everybody. And each of them are out. returning their wooden weapons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Picking up their real ones and walking to the tavern. Then the three brothers face each other, and things get intense, as brothers do. Um, they all back up from each other and aware of their styles. Um, there's a couple, like, missed jabs with swords. And um, Ed and Ed sort of, like, instinctually pair up against their taller brother. And um, he takes a couple wild, quick swings. But the first Ed um, clacks him over the back of the knee. And it buckles slightly, and then the second one slaps him in a hand, and uh, it busts one of the knuckles, and it starts bleeding down, and he just sort of winces, and then stands up, straightens up, wipes off the blood, which quickly freezes, nods to you. It's just, it returns his weapons, gains them, and it's dismissed. And then the two Eds go at it, and it's just really unpleasant. Um, they block, they block, they parry, they parry, and um, they're not the most skilled warriors in the world, but no one here is untrained. And eventually, Ed, against all odds, manages to get Ed... Ed has to concede to Ed, and Ed has to return his armor, his weapons before Ed gets his armor, and then they're both dismissed, and Ed and Ed go to the tavern, because this is what you all did. <laughs> and um, the exercise is complete after about Ooh. 10 minutes, and uh, the other five soldiers, not unaware. Six. Excuse me. Six. <laughs> She's keen mine even here. Um, Truly. Soldiers, not completely alien to this degree of harshness, but glad it wasn't them, or just sort of like nodding and waiting and on the side, and um, you all are facing the remaining six, and um, Ania pipes up, and she goes, um, Well, I think we have um, a confident leader in our midst, don't we? She just looks at Osk. The other six soldiers just kind of look from her to Osk. And um, 
the near says, um, that was a commanding way to start the morning. Get the blood pumping. I was thinking the same thing. Mm -hmm. And she just walks out into the snow in front of you where some of the blood spatters were. And um, uh, she goes and she takes her two short swords off, places them next to the building, two hand axes, puts down her metal shield, picks up a wooden shield, picks up a wooden sword, short sword, and just um, stands there in the middle, twirling her sword facing you. Me? <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll go meet her. Okay, so you just got all of your weapons, and like 12 hours out of the captain being gone, two of them are <laughs> squaring up, and the soldiers just sort of all back up wide-eyed and just sort of breathe momentarily. What are you doing as well as this is happening? Um, I look over at the six, and I, I kind of bark at them. I'm like, pay attention to this. Okay, all <laughs> staring at all, they like flinch at you and then look back to the other two. And I'm going to have like a pretty big like <laughs> smile on my face, like I'm enjoying this. Like, okay. this is what I've been, like, waiting for. And Ear gets a cold smirk, and then all emotion just melts off of her face. And uh, I'm going to change the music real quick. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Marnie is kind of, I don't know, she's, like, kind of the child of the group. Like, not, not like, actual years-wise, but the way she acts. So I think she's quietly trying to take bets with the six soldiers. Make a persuasion check at advantage. Okay. Because you're their captain, they feel yeah. slightly obligated, but they definitely don't want Okay, um, that would be an 18. You convince one of them. Only one? To bet against one of their superior officers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, Zekt, which was definitely his name, the captain guy. Yeah, the one that was- the nearest to yeah. you. Yeah. It's like nods and says, I'll put a copper on an ear. And just sort of like <laughs> preemptively gives it to you. Okay. <laughs> I just, I just grab it and I say, uh, okay, I'll I'll put this, uh, two over over on us. I I pat him on the back, but like kind of hard. Yeah. And Osk, I'd like you to roll initiative. Um. Well, I'm gonna put up my sword. You know, like as like a as like you meet in the middle type sword, and uh, I'm just gonna say, uh, what are we going to? Um. And she. Uh... She just walks up, cracks one quick more smile, taps your sword and says, um, I'm sure we'll figure that out. And then she steps well, back. And then I'll step back, yeah, yeah. Okay, well you should. Nineteen. <laughs> right. Ooh, bloody dice. It's amazing how long it's taken Jackie to put this together. What? Um you said you got a 19? Yes. Put what together? She got a 17. Mm. Well, a first in initiative. What do you do as you face uh, Captain Anir Lasha? Wait, what? All right. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go up to her and and hit her with a short sword. But uh, the issue is I don't have the stats on a short sword. So give me two seconds. I forgot to look that up. 1d6. And you can use your strength or your dexterity modifier. Sick. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm gonna roll the hit. Uh, 18. Okay. 18 just hits. Sick. Uh, 
six. Six points of damage. Bludgeoning? Uh, yes. Okay. Because it's wood, right? What does it look like? Um, I'm just gonna, like, like, do a good crack on her side. Like, not ribs, but, like, kind of, like, low, like, hip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, she pulls up a, de- a defensive position with her shield, and as she goes to strike at you, um, you step wide, and your arms are just so long that she is effectively guarding you, and it doesn't matter. You just reach your whole arm, you, like, you brace your shield up against your front of your chest, and as she comes in with an attack, you just reach your whole, like, almost four foot long arm past her defense and just crack her on the side and there's a and as it gets in between a gap and the half plate and smacks across the leather and she just sort of growls at you Heck. uh and then i'm gonna go again okay well your second time uh 22 22 will hit 22 oh no it's kara's rolling um we're gonna be free from it seven seven points of bludgeoning Dang. Um, and I'm gonna- I'm staying ten feet away, because that's where I can swing from. So I'm not, like, up on her. Swing from ten feet away? Mm -hmm. Holy Um, moly. Okay, so this second hit. Um, so I guess I'm gonna- so I'll, I'll have gone for this side, and then I think as I hit her, I'm just gonna, like, try to, like, Somehow, like, swing down. So I'm going to try to strike her shoulder. Okay. Um, also, if, if you ever want to flavor something more than I do, just like No, it. you do it better. I don't know how to do it. Um, so, uh, uh, you, like, strike her in the side, and she winces. And then as you do, you pull the sword up, and you, like, pull it up with your arm, let go of it. Very quickly grab it around the other way so the sword is facing backward, and then pierce back into her shoulder and jash. Okay. Catches right in the armpit and it stabs in. And, like, even though there's leather in the way, you know the sheer force of that just cut her underneath. And she yeah. just sort of. <clears throat> and you have already spilled. You've already done 11 points of damage just in this training combat on your first turn. So you, you strike at both points. She, like, sort of steps back. And she closes her eyes for a moment. And all six of the soldiers get so. And I'm just gonna say, first blood? Question mark? <laughs> and, um, and she just takes a deep breath and she goes, I think we could do better. And she's just gonna fully close the distance and get within five feet of you. Okay. And uh, she's gonna roll two attacks. Okay. Um, oh, it's a shame that you guys are not higher level because if you've been higher level, that would have been that would have been a critical. But a 19 is not a critical at this level. No. So the total the hit is gonna be 24. Or no, excuse me, 25. Okay. And the second one is a 18. That doesn't hit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Only the first one hits. Um, so. Uh, she's going to deal seven points of bludgeoning to you. Um, so she jabs in really quickly and she takes a quick, like sort of uh, sw- a wide arcing swing at you. And um, with your great stature, you just sort of step back and it's just past you. And then as she does, um, there's no fancy uh, sort of maneuver. She just whips the sword around and steps inward, putting her to her front heel in front of both of your legs. And she cracks across your center at your exposed, like the distance in between, uh, like sort of right at your hip line in between your waist and your stomach. And it, you feel a rack of pain sort of across your lower abdomen as it um, strikes against the leather. Okay. That is her attack. 
attack. Awesome. Um, is there any way that this can be slashing damage if I were to like slash it across, like try to cut, even though it's wood, or is it all bludgeoning? Yes. I'm gonna say with a wooden instrument, that's not gonna happen. Perfect. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go for two hits. Same okay. thing. Um, that does not hit. That was a seven. Yeah, that does not hit. <laughs> and a nat one. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> You roll an odds or evens for me? Odds or evens? Okay. Wait, do I roll or do I say? Oh, yes. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> evens. <laughs> roll my orange dice because Halloween. Halloween! Evens. Eight. Okay. Um, so. Wow. Uh, I don't think that's ever happened. You, uh, yeah, welcome to not being Janice all the time. <laughs> uh, you swing or you take another wide arc with your sword and she's she's got a quick speed door. She just takes a sidestep and it just comes straight down into the snow, missing. As you pull, you like push forward your shield to bash her and take another swing in her head. And mm -hmm. as it arcs around from her right, she just ducks down and it's just too swift. Misses. And um, with your natural one, you lose your footing a little bit and start to stumble. And she goes to clip the sword out of your hand, but you pull it back really quickly. And um, uh, she does not successfully knock it out of your hand. <laughs> um, so that's your turn. Um, she's going to stay right on top of you. It's like the limit. Sorry, I keep picking you, Jackie. Um, and she is just going to take two more attacks. Oh. <laughs> I rolled a three. Aw. <laughs> 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 and then I rolled a seven. <laughs> so um, as you stumble backward, she sort of lunges in with two quick blows, um, but there's too much like concentrated zeal to it, and she just misses um, because of your stumbling. Like there's an awkwardness to it. And as skilled as both of you all are, having made officers, you've seen combat once, maybe each of you. What you have ex is extensive training, mm -hmm. and um, there, there are some things that can still be polished. And there's just too quick. <laughs> that um, sort of uh, miss you uh, as you stumble backward, your lanky limbs pulling quickly out of the way and she misses your turn. Okay. Uh, ooh, that's definitely gonna hit. Um, 26. Yes, ma'am, 26 <laughs> might hit. <laughs> okay. And then, oh, 24. Oh, oh, oh. Yes, yeah, both of those <laughs> Okay. Please. Uh, 18. So 18 points of damage? 18 points. Because I rolled a 4 and a 6, and then I have a plus 4 for both. So yes. And Nier just dies. No? <laughs> That's what the one shot is. She becomes a zombie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot of damage, Kira. <laughs> I know. Even that. What's your damage? Okay, well, well more than bloodied, what does it look like as you hit her? Uh, I'm going to, I think I'm, so I stumbled, so I guess when I come back up, I'm going to go, go across, and I think I'm going to, like, nail her forehead with my 26. Oh, yes, mm -hmm. okay. And then I'm going to try to go for, like, the knee. Okay. Um, there's a quick arc of your arm and just a resounding, and as it breaks across her forehead, there's a spatter of dark silvery blood that shoots from her forehead. And then as she sort of like stumbled and wincing, you just whip the sword back around and across her knee. And um, it like pushes at a sharp angle and she just sort of, and she takes a knee down in the snow. And as a bonus action, I'm just gonna shove my sword into the snow and like walk off. 
Make a make a performance check at advantage. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, a dirty twenty. Okay, so you just she takes a knee and then you pick up your sword, put it down in the snow, and then you just drop your shield, pick up your metal equipment, and walk away. And mm-hmm. all six of the shoulders are just left with their mouth agape. Lashla's kneeling in the snow. She just sort of winces for a moment. She opens her eyes, whips her sword around, and you're already like walking away. And she just goes. Stands up straight, wincing a little bit as she does. She wipes the blood from her forehead, which is already freezing on her hand, on her hand into her forehead. She turns and she looks at all six soldiers, who all have like the mouths agape, instantly closed them and stand up straight, and she just says, Kevkin Captain. And um, she goes and she puts up the wooden armor. She begrudgingly picks up all of her iron armor. She heads back out to the day. Um, all of you walking toward the tavern. Um, Marnie. <laughs> uh, You're like, what's your name? <laughs> uh, turn off my camera. Uh, left there with the other soldiers. Wait, did you walk towards me by chance? No, they all walked off to. Um, no, uh, went she- to the tavern. Okay, I didn't know if like it was in my direction. No, it's away from you. Yeah. Um. So uh, I mean, it's not like all you're not left in the <laughs> dust, but um, they I have begun to walk alone. away, and the other six soldiers are there. What do you um? Uh, what do you do as you're left there with the soldiers? Um. I just I just kind of bark at him and say, "Uh, what are you all standing around about? Go go to the tavern." Okay, I'll just. I don't know what that accent no, is. Hey, but... hey, hey! You have to shoot for it. No! <laughs> if you keep, uh, if you keep dogging yourself for your bad accents, I'll like, I'm gonna give you disadvantage or something. You just gotta, no. you gotta shoot. Yeah. That's not fair. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, <laughs> they all nod really quickly and just take off to the tavern. Uh, and there's now only one group on patrol. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just like the north of the town. And there's just uh, there's just breakfast at the town, uh, forced to be prepared by cooks. Um, as you all walk through the town, um, villagers sneer and disdain. Um, at one point, Mayor Pothnet walks by, um, an old wizened man um, who walks with a wooden cane, uh, but has like hunched over even. He he flexes some pride. He nods to you all. Um, subserviently, but then just, like, keeps walking. Passed by a series of, um, uh, of shepherds. There are two sisters, walking goats, uh, twin sisters, dark hair, middle-aged, walking goats out toward the gate. Um, a carpenter, you can hear the sounds of <laughs> from inside of his shop. And just a day going on in town, you get to the tavern, and a breakfast is had. Um, are there any sort of... So what I will say is, it's the first day. Are there any particular things you all additionally wish to do in this day? Um, I'll have the people who went to go get breakfast, like once they're finished, because I'm going to the tavern also. Um, you get there, they're halfway through bringing things back for you all. <laughs> Wait, what? They were? You guys get to the tavern and they've just like grabbed, they've just like gotten bowls and walked there. And like, as they come to the door- Wait, are you talking about Ron Swanson? Yeah, no, that was just one dude. As long as yeah. the door with the bowls requested by Marnie, um, he, all of the rest of the troop walks in, and he's just kind of confused. <laughs> um. Well, so um, at 
I'm I'm assuming that took a couple minutes or whatever, so I'll just sit there and watch them until they finish. Or I'll just walk up to the table, actually, and just be like, hey, when you guys are done, like, go patrol the south. Everyone nods, everyone finishes their meal. Yeah. Um, Lashley just kind of hangs back, lets you do your thing all morning. Um, uh, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll walk up to her eventually and give her a handshake. While eating breakfast. Um, you, like, reach out a hand. Mm-hmm. She looks up at you. She reaches out, she shakes yours, blankly. She goes back to eating your food. That feels good. Okay. Yeah. Wait, do you say that that feels good? No. Oh, you just <laughs> That would be <laughs> funny. Sorry. Is there anything else that you do with your day? I don't think so. I, th- I think I go up to Oscar at one point, and I'm just like... Like I just, I just give her like a little fist bump under the table. <laughs> just but that's pretty much it. I like I do that at breakfast, and then there's not really anything. We just go about our our daily routine. Yeah. Um. Soldiers go on patrols. You check the uh, gates. There is. Um, you all have spent a year in this town. I would like each of you to make a general intelligence check. Not good. Ooh, that's a not twenty. Twenty one. Yep. <laughs> Kara or Oscar, excuse me. A three. You fight good. Um, you do. Marnie, as you're walking around the town, you do not speak Chapman. Okay. But you have picked up the basics after a year in town. You can put on your sheet basic Chapman if you want. Cool. And as you're walking around, um, for months now, um, village town township members have been um, talking about the cold. Um, the whole town just gets superstitious when it gets cold. Same thing they did last year. Uh, you feel about it however you feel about it. But at some point, um, some children are playing in an alleyway, um, hitting each other with sticks. <laughs> um, maybe some interesting cultural assemblage of whatever their own culture would have them do for play, and maybe such proximity constantly to soldiers. Can I say that I see one of them and like one of them's holding it weird and I just go up and I just kind of like Okay, so you walk up gingerly you like, like go to grab adjust. their hand, yeah, okay, and adjust so it. So I will completely repaint it. Okay, sorry. These children are playing. Um they're having a conversation. You just catch the beginnings of it. Okay. Um one of them actually I'll tell you what, the Nat 20 was to have some graph. Roll another general intelligence there for me. That's a four. Excellent. Um, So, uh, they use a lot of words you don't recognize. And all you can understand is that each of them is trying to portray some sort of a thing in their imagination as they're fighting. And two of them are arguing over what kind of thing they get to be. And you walk up and start to adjust the way one of the children is holding a stick. You get within like two feet and all of them freeze, drop the sticks on the ground and like stand at attention staring at you. Um, with a cold ambivalence in their face that no common child would have the skill to possess. Something born only out of a withered oppression and a resentment passed down from parents, but also a complete aware and certainly tacit orders from their parents about how to behave around a Kefkin, let alone an officer. I mean, they know what the symbol of your chest is. They'll stand at a chest attention to freeze before you get to them. I... I kind of slow down and I kind of like not a huge smile, but I just kind of 
park like a little bit of a smile. They all take a step. <laughs> and I kind of bend down to their level, I'm which is step back. okay. <laughs> um, and I say, well, do I say it in common or can I say? You could, you could attempt. You could attempt to make a check to speak very broken Chechen, okay. or you may say it in common. I want to say it in very broken Chechen. So go ahead and make either a performance or an intelligence check. One. Okay. Wow. That's a... No, that's a 21. You have a plus two in performance? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, you managed to break out the very basics of... I just say, oh, it's it's okay. It's okay, children. Uh, I was I was just going to show you how to hold... How to hold your, your, your sword there. They all sort of like... There's, there's two older... You realize after a moment, they're siblings. They're very common facial features. There's an older one, maybe 11. They're all human. A younger one, um, maybe eight, two brothers. And then there's a younger girl, maybe five. Um, the older brother puts a hand on the middle brother's shoulder, just sort of like holding him back. Make a persuasion check for me. That is an 11. Okay, so the daughter, kind of not knowing better, younger sister takes a couple steps towards you picking up her stick and the older brother says something in chechen you don't understand okay um he says um uh uh can i stop and she like sort of looks back she's already gotten to you and even with your not considerably tall stature even your wide strength and broad shoulders sort of has to look up at you a little bit and she just says um how do i hold um i just Kind of reach out my hand and I go, "May I?" And she takes up the stick. I grab it and I kind of just kind of show her how to hold it. Yeah, yeah. reoriented and and show her and and then kind of take her hand really gently and just kind of like wave it okay, back it and forth. Through the air. Sort of smiles at the stick in her hand for a for a second. She looks back excitedly at her brothers, and both of her brothers are giving her like disapproving dead judgmental expressions just in the in the way that children cannot hide what they're thinking and feeling they just like and the older brother just shakes his head at her and she looks back to you with wide eyes and she says um why did you kill our daddy oh my god um and behind her crap. the older brother is just And you do some quick math in your head, and you realize, okay, so about as old as she is, this is probably something she's been told about. Maybe the middle brother, but that oldest brother, he was definitely old enough. Her face gets serious. Hangs her head, and um, can I say that she had like something on her, like from the morning breakfast or whatever? Sure. Like a uh, small morsel of bread. Yeah, and she just. Uh, she grabs the little girl's hand and puts the bread in her hand and she closes it. it. She pulls it back. Oh, she from does. Yours, unless you overpower. No, I don't overpower. Okay. So you start to reach for hand. She pulls her hand back. She just kind of stares at you coldly, waiting for an answer. The older brother steps past the middle brother and starts walking towards you, diminutive, incapable of doing <laughs> anything. But he picks up one of the sticks at his side and just walks about a, fit, a foot behind his sister and just watches you. I just say, I'm. 
I'm sorry for your loss. And then I I just turn and walk away. Um, you hear from behind you, the like older brother just sort of like says it just along where you could hear. It's typical. And you can make an intelligence check if you want to. 10. No, 7. You do not understand what he said. Dang it. <laughs> and then um, they turn down the alley and return to wherever home is. You go on about your business. Control. Does anyone do anything else? Okay. Yeah. A day of exercises is had. And um, uh, you all continue on about your business. That is going to be where we are going to take our break. Greetings from the future. This is future Zach. Thank you, listener, for enjoying yet another episode of Barely D&D, specifically Under an Iron Moon, the first part of our Halloween one-shot. The second part will be coming to you next week, and um, we appreciate your patience with a slightly different recording setup and maybe a slightly inferior editor, but that's okay, because it's barely Dungeons & Dragons, and we all have mercy for each other. Um, So if you enjoyed today's episode, feel free to check out the rest of our regular campaign. You can look at us on Patreon, um, all sorts of fun options, but more than anything, we just hope that you had a safe and fun Halloween, and um, we can't wait to see you here next week for the much spoopier ending to this story, where things get um, a little dark, a little unexpected, and not a small amount of violent. All that being said, we hope you enjoyed today's story, and remember, life is an incredible story. You're an important part of it. We hope you see you here next time.